The following production is part of the Play Some Video Games Podcast Network. Welcome to Board of the Video Games, the gaming podcast that strives for the right balance of coverage for games you play on your table and on your television. You can think of us as the homework and stress of gaming podcasts. We're a proud member of the PSVG Podcast Network and thrilled to be part of the Dice Tower Network as well. I am one of your hosts, Kyle, and joining me on this co-op adventure, the guy who never crams before an exam. <laughs> Josh, how are you doing this evening? Ah, uh, I'm okay. I'm good. I'm doing all right. All of the above. <laughs> <laughs> And I feel like my intro is now proven to be f- false. Spoiled. <laughs> <laughs> but we'll get to that uh, later. Hey, Josh. Yeah. Have you ever? Oh, have it, never gotten, have I ever. Never have I ever. No. Have you ever gotten what could one be considered an absolute dream job? And all you had to do to keep your dream job is not be a horrible person? <laughs> Oh, I like where this question's going. Um, no, that's never happened. I mean, the dream job part. I right. tried to I tried to not be a horrible person. Now I know exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, <laughs> and you know, I, I just put it together in my head. Yeah, so as someone who's a big mixed martial arts fan, you know, Gina Carano was someone who, by all, by I all, loved basically, her so much. <laughs> basically, every measure of an MMA retirement, she had like the best MMA retirement of anyone. Ever. Yeah. Ever, ever. Uh, and, uh, you know, apparently you just have to be... She's still acting. She has a whole new film <laughs> project coming out. Uh, did you... <laughs> <laughs> so they talked about, hey, you know, here was this other film that was released by this group. So I, I had never heard of it. So I looked it up and it's got like 11% on Rotten Tomatoes. That's too high, probably. <laughs> so... <laughs> Yeah, man, just like don't be anti-Semitic. Like, I, I, yeah, that's really all you have to do, right? Is just not be a bad person. There's, yeah, I mean, there's don't be anti-Semitic for one. There is something else, and I'm not trying to equivalent uh, these two things, but when you like a, a tweet where someone says. You're more likely to be a, a physically assaulted being a Trump supporter now than being of a different race. That's kind of a, the biggest of red flags, I think, especially coming from a white actress. Um, like, can you imagine? We're in the middle of these horrible attacks on on Asian people right now, and you go ahead and publicly like a, a tweet that says that you're more likely to be attacked because you're a Trump supporter. I'm not, I'm going to keep the politics out of it. It could have been any supporter. It could have been Biden. It could have been Obama. It could have been Clinton. <laughs> There's <Right. laughs> that part is irrelevant. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, hmm. yeah you re- all, all she had to do was nothing. Self-preservation. That's literally all she had to do was nothing. 
She's entitled to think those things. She's she really 100% is. entitled to think those things. I know things. this isn't the type of show that we typically talk about stuff like this, but I do want to say, I had mentioned this in the Discord, this this kind of topic came up a lot at work when we talk about, like when I grew up, we idolized athletes, and then the conversation comes up like, you know, it should have, like, it, it's still controversial about, like, what fill in the blank did off the field shouldn't matter. I know it does matter, but like it, it, like people say the argument is you shouldn't be idolizing these people just mm-hmm. because they're good athletes. Why? And like, I was a Ken Griffey junior fan. So that was just something I never had to deal with. Right. I didn't have to hear about steroid use or, or domestic abuse or drugs. Like that's just not what I had to hear about. Um, but then talking about this, and I was like, am I being a little harsh on Gina Carano for this and what, what she's going through and what other people are going through? And then I was like, you know, we didn't have social media growing up. If I had a daughter, let's say, let's put her in the ages of 6 to 13. And I was like, hey, I'm trying to get her into Star Wars. She starts watching The Mandalorian with me. And she's like, oh, that, that Cara Dune is really cool. And she Googles her. She finds her social media. She starts following her, and then she sees things like that, and then she starts to think, hey, maybe she's right. Maybe things are like that. And then, like, there's a bigger responsibility now when you have unlimited access to stars' uh, intimate thoughts. So I so I, I try not to be too hard on someone like that, but when it comes down to the influence and you, like, and what you have, it's dangerous. It's weaponizing to a degree. Like you're also as a parent, your responsibility is to kind of guide your children through that like minefield of social media. Right. But like no parent is perfect. That has to be so difficult to monitor everything that they consume. I, and I just think about, and this is actually probably more of a board with everything topic, but it, it impacts significantly the things that, you know, we take and we watch and we consume and we play and all that good stuff. With Ninja, when he was talking about how it's not his responsibility to, you know, teach his viewers about um, power and privilege and racism and all of those things, to a degree, yeah, sure. I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but on the other side, you also have a platform, like, and as part of that platform comes some responsibility, right? Like, you mm-hmm. have, uh, I think, responsibility to, mm, to make the world like to improve the lives of people. And you could say that, Oh, just by going there and participating and, um, you know, having an outlet for people to just watch, like, sure, that could be good enough. But the problem is, is that people can chat and people say things in your chat. And yes, you have moderators and people might get banned, but that doesn't mean people don't see those things before that happens. And by you not saying anything about it, when those things happen, you're saying it's okay. Like, yeah, yeah, the moderator might ban that person, but if someone says something that is bad or is racist in your chat and you don't call them out, like, like you are basically condoning the behavior because the mods doing something about it. Sure. People will see that someone like a message is removed and all that other stuff, but that's, you know, that's like pulling someone aside and being like, Hey, by the way, like no one necessarily knows that like there is a consequence for the action there or, or what the consequence for the action is. And you know, I it, it I, when you make money from the public, 
Like there is some obligation there, right? Just like a, a, a company or a business, theoretically, if I am purchasing their products, they, there's an obligation that the things that they're, I mean, I would like to think that the things they're selling <laughs> me are, um, you know, made in a way and produced in a way that isn't exploitative of workers and all those other things. Now, we all know with child labor, all these other things that that gets a really gray, washy area, but there's supposed to be some ethics behind this. So when the, what you're purchasing is content, like there has to be something from that content producer. Yeah. So, yep. and yeah, I just, I, mm, yeah, <laughs> one of the um, MMA podcasts I listened to, I, I just thought it was very, very humorous because yeah, their, their whole thing was, and it was like, like literally all she had to do was not do anything. Yeah. And that was too much to ask. She's going to get her own show. Yeah. And now she's not. <laughs> and people. And, and well, she is still going to get her own. Now she's going to get she, her own movie, they, Josh. They're claiming that they were, she was canceled, right? I was canceled. You can't cancel me. She, they literally just didn't renew her contract. She wasn't canceled. Yeah. So it's also a lie. <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. I don't know. It's very, I, it's very unfortunate. And I did think it was something very much that way because when you read how Disney's statement was, was that like, yeah, she's not employed by us. Like it was very clear that there was some, Hey, we were planning to do this thing, but nothing was signed yet. Yeah. You know? So I don't know that. Yeah. In some ways I think it was probably quote unquote fortunate for them to just, because they didn't say we released her from her contract. She was fired. Anything like that. They're like, she's not employed by us. Can you even imagine what her social media looks like right now? I stopped following her a long time ago, but yeah. And just remember, you know, as my final little thing before we actually get into this week's show, uh, you know, a lot of people who are upset about cancel culture really um, didn't <laughs> seem to have. Oh, what's that for? No, I'm laughing at what you said, not what I said. <laughs> Sorry. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. <laughs> you know, uh, uh, people who are like super against cancel culture and feel that cancel culture is uh, ruining everything really didn't seem to have many issues with certain NFL players getting canceled when they were taking a knee. So, you know. Apparently, the road doesn't go both ways for everyone, but that's fine. So, with that, Josh, <laughs> thanks for joining us this week, everyone. As always, if you have any feedback, questions, or suggested topics, hit us up at Board with VG on Twitter or check out all the awesome stuff over on the Instagram, also Board with VG. We're a proud part of play some video games, and PSVG is on Patreon. We are absolutely thrilled with the support you've given us there thus far. And if you'd like to monetarily support what we do, you can find us there at patreon.com slash PSVG. But the most important thing is just that you listen and maybe share our show with someone who you think would enjoy it. We're also a member of the Dice Tower Podcast Network, so if you enjoy our conversations about board games and would like to dive deeper into that world, we encourage you to check out the Dice Tower Podcast, as well as all the other members of the network. No matter what type of board games you enjoy, there's a podcast on the network that's right for you. So enough about all that stuff. Josh, what is your first topic this week? Well, uh, it came out earlier in the week that there is a a re-theme to a very popular board game. Making the rounds in the news, in the board game news at least. Uh, so we'll talk about that, and then I'm going to ask you, you can think about it now. If you could, so we, I don't know if we've done this specifically before, but we have certainly talked about making a board game off of an IP. But if we could retheme a current board game, um, what would we, what game would it be, and what would you choose the retheme to be? So now, that being said, we've seen. The Wizard of Oz, Emerald City, Ticket to Ride map. Very, oh, yeah. very popular, right? Uh, made its rounds in, in conventions and stuff, and to the point where um, you can buy it, and, and apparently Days of Wonder is okay with that. It's not through Days of Wonder. Um, 
So they probably haven't made it because I'm sure the Wizard of Oz license is very expensive. But uh, now we have, well, someone decided to make a Pokemon-themed mod for Wingspan that replaces birds with, uh, and you know, forgive me, Pokemon fans, uh, Gengar, Slowpoke, and Moltres. Uh, I've seen it all over the place. This I'm pulling this specifically from Dicebreaker.com uh, by Chase Carter. Um, but essentially, yeah, you have uh, this wingspan board. The dice have been changed. They changed the to the the fruit. They have like raspberries and pineapples instead of typical bird food. And in the water, you can draw Pokemon cards in the middle in the grasslands. You can lay eggs on Pokemon. Um, and then in the woodlands, you can gain food um, from a berry tree. It looks really cool. Uh, it's by Reddit user Lock Wing Hong. Uh, they posted it on February 8th, actually, um, which they consider to be a fairly comprehensive retheming of Wingspan. Um, but I would say, so in a month prior to that, they had submitted just one single mock-up of a card. So they moved pretty quickly as far as, uh, you know, where it was going. They said that they'd never had the intention of making the whole conversion, but a bunch of people liked it, so they just they just went ahead and did it. And it's called Pokemon Nursery, which I think is pretty funny and yeah. pretty clever. Uh, it, it, it plays the same. They have all, all 151 Pokemon. And uh, I don't know, Kyle, it looks super cool. And this isn't the first time Stonemaier Games has gotten the re-theme treatment. In fact, they turned a re-theme into a full game. Uh, where they chain, they originally made Scythe uh, My Little Pony, but they couldn't get them. Like they didn't want to pay for the My Little Pony license, or they wouldn't sell it to them. Uh, so then you got My Little Scythe, which just like slightly changed it enough so they wouldn't get sued. I think uh, so. You can get the mod available uh, uh, on the Steam Workshop page for Tabletop Simulator. So actually, you can go ahead and play this on Tabletop Simulator if you have it. Um, I think that's pretty cool. I like, uh, it kind of seems like a perfect fit uh, for, like, this retheming with, you know, what with the limited information I know about Pokemon. I know that there's grass type and air type and other types, ghost type. You, <laughs> weren't you playing a Pokemon game like a year ago? Didn't you play Sword and Shield or something? No, no, no. I got my wife Pokemon Go, Pokemon Snap, no, Pokemon Go Eevee. Okay, that's what I'm And I played about. it a little bit with her co-op because you could play two-player, but I wouldn't say that I played it. Okay, okay. <laughs> I played Pokemon Go more, <laughs> and that says something uh, about my Pokemon experience. So I do know, like, a lot of the Pokemon names, but I couldn't tell you, like, their type. Like, they have Beedrill on this picture, which is grass it's all all types they're all all of them are all three types except for nidorino man i don't want to ruin things but yeah it looks super cool yeah it's really cool i'm sure uh this would have to get approved by so many people to make have this made but what i do think is when i go to like target there are there is a themed pokemon board game um but it's like a like the lightest of light board games it's not like a full-on board game Pokemon, I think it's 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 not Stadium, but it's like to that degree. 
Pokemon yeah. Battle Stadium, maybe, or something. something. Yeah, something like that. I was trying to remember what it was. It's something like that. Yeah, I mean, I could probably look it up. But um, what do you think? You think that's a smart move? You think that's dangerous when people spend a lot of this time to do this? Like, what, what do you, do you think? Uh, so it's cool that Jamie gave uh, the blessing saying, hey, you know, please just don't copy the text or of the rules for the images. Yeah. Like, that makes sense. And that's reasonable. Do you think the Pokemon company is okay with this? I don't know. Pokemon Battle Academy, that's what it's called. Okay. Um, I don't know. Uh, you know, I, I, they're not Nintendo, right? Like, I know Nintendo has a problem when people do stuff like this, um, which I get. I don't fault them in that at all, right? Like, that's their IP. Um, so, I don't know. So, the Pokemon company, is it still... Does Niantic own Pokemon or do they just own Pokemon Go? That's what I don't know. So whoever owns Pokemon, obviously if there's money to be made, they're interested, but this person isn't selling the game. So really, it just fall I think it what does it fall under the line of no like no press is bad press? It's just gonna maybe, make yeah. people want to play Pokemon more. <laughs> I would imagine maybe they're contacting Stonemaier Games and this person and they'll be like, hey, let's make this so we can make well, all the money on it. <laughs> and I think, I, and obviously I'm not uh, an expert on this and, you know, <laughs> I was going to say something salty and I'm not going to. Um, so from my understanding, uh, the Pokemon company is owned partially by Nintendo, partially by Game Freak and Game partially Freak. by one other um, entity and okay. they each own a part of it so like the pokemon company is kind of like this other business and game freak who makes most of the games and then i think it's another company that makes another part of some of the games and nintendo all own a part of it to form then the pokemon company okay uh, so i feel like nintendo might really care oh nintendo, <laughs> definitely nintendo cares. seems to care about a lot of things <laughs> yes uh but yeah, I don't know. It, one would like to think that this wouldn't be a big deal that they wouldn't care but i mean you have to pay to get Tabletop Simulator, right? You do have to pay to get Tabletop Simulator, Now, yes. granted, you can play uh, play this, <laughs> but like, there is still a theoretical cost to entry yeah. that, you know, yes, you could pay and never true to play this game. Uh, but that's where my only big concern is. I will say, as long as people are okay, and I think, like I said, it's great that they reached out to Stonemeyer to get that part squared away. If people are doing this out of passion because they love the project or they love the IP, and as a result, that they just wanted to do it because of that great as long as they know that at any point someone might come along and be like yo you gotta take that down yeah like as long as you are okay with that <laughs> i guess go to town if it's a exercise for your brain if it's a way for you to express your love for something whatever cool but as long as you are okay with someone coming in and being like him excuse me yeah we own that take that down <laughs> Uh, then, yeah, go for it. That's my thoughts. What about you? I think it's great. I think they, they put a lot of work into it. If you look, if you're listening, if you go on dicebreaker.com and look at these pictures, like, they didn't skimp. This isn't just a pasted, like, theme. They have Pokeballs that are specific to the character to catch them. They have um, the types underneath them. They have uh, the change the map. So, I guess it reflects Pokemon continent because <laughs> I know that's not, like earth <laughs> i don't think <laughs> i don't know um the backs of the cards they have are different uh the eggs i i they look like yoshi eggs to me i guess 
There's eggs in Pokemon? I don't know. <laughs> this is like a old man talking about Pokemon. I feel terrible. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, it looks great. They put a lot of work into it. I think it's really cool. I love that this happened. A um, uh, friend of the show. <laughs> uh Donnie, a <laughs> friend of the show. Do I just call him owner of the show? Donnie, uh, a while back, bought um, that Fire Emblem board game. He had to buy oh, it yeah. over, I think, Etsy because Nintendo like squashed it real quick. But that was definitely something that looked awesome, too, and was just killed as soon as it hit the public. Um, so I could see that happening with this as well. But I, I like that someone had... I mean, it's a pandemic, right? So I think a lot of people have time. I just don't know how much time. Maybe this person has that that much free time. I wish I had the talent to do this because it requires a lot of graphic design. It requires a lot of research. And I can only assume Pokemon fans, and I don't mean this in a bad way, will point out all the errors. So this person had to have spent a lot of time trying to avoid that. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, Kanto, right? That's where Pokemon The Kanto takes place. region. I think Kanto like region, Palette, that's the only thing Palette I know. City is a place. Uh, yeah, I have no idea. I have no idea at all. <laughs> uh, but like my big concern, in, yeah, the images look really good, but right, like all those images of the Pokemon, like those have to be copy- copyrighted by someone, right? Like, they have, those to, have be. to be. Yeah. Someone's images that they had to get from somewhere. You know, and then the Pokeballs, like those look exactly like the Pokeballs. I got to imagine that that is actually technically copyrighted in some way, you know, like, so that's just my main concern and worry anytime I see stuff like this. But hopefully, you know, they let people play it because it's cool and they let them celebrate, you know, Pokemon. That's kind of, we were having a conversation about this in the Discord when it came to uh, plates for the PS5 and kind of that idea of I really like when people celebrate the things they love. Yes. And I recognize why companies sometimes have to put a kibosh on those things, but darn it, I wish they didn't have to. You know, like let people love your stuff. I hear you. Did you know a Gengar is close by you if you feel a sudden chill? It may be trying to lay a curse on you. Oh, that sounds wonderful. But once between turns, when another player succeeds, you can gain a berry from the berry tree. Oh, I like berries. Berries sound good. <laughs> I uh, I think it's really cool. So, uh, do you have something in mind? You want me to go first? Uh, why don't you go first? Okay. So here's what I'm thinking. Uh, I'm thinking we take the Assassin's Creed universe, and I know they already have Assassin's Creed board games, but thinking of Origins, uh, putting it into Seven Wonders and retheming Seven Wonders as Assassin's Creed. So you can you can put assassins through all the different um like wonders you can have all those cards change um because I think it lends itself to that assassin's creed origins style where you can throw in all that art from like the market cards to the um I'm going to blank on what they're called the blue cards uh the um what are they called the blue cards are called monuments. No, I mm. shrines. No, it's the blue cards. The, Josh. Blue, cards. the blue cards. I think it would kind oh, of. It's just so long since I, I played Seven Wonders. <laughs> I have the new version coming. I'm very excited. I, I yeah. What the heck are? 
And then I ordered it. And I was like, I really hope they don't send me the old version. And I clicked the wrong thing. <laughs> oh, that would be a bummer. That would be, I would just return it. But like, yeah, that would be a bummer. Um, what are they called? It's not that important, but it's going to No, it bug really me. isn't that important. <laughs> Uh yeah, and then the science cards could be like um Da Vinci and things like that. Like if you bring in the all the Assassin's Creed worlds that they've worked in, I think Seven Wonders could be pretty cool as like a, a Assassin's Creed retheme. Assassins you can't do Assassin's Wonders because that doesn't sound right. <laughs> I don't know. But that was the first thing I thought of was uh thinking of games. I was like, what if I could retheme Seven Wonders? I feel like the first, yeah, I like Assassin's Creed seems like a nice fit. Uh, civic structures? No, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, what, what, what do you want to do for yours? And I'm gonna just grab the box and get the instruction booklet. Oh no! Hold on! Hold you on! Hold it? on! <laughs> I am looking them up right now. Uh, oh shoot! Uh, what? No, oh, that's the guilds. <laughs> My goodness, Josh, why the can't assassins. I do it? Civilian, it is civilian structures. Is it? it That's is. what it's called? Yeah, civilian, civilian structures. structures. Okay. All right. That doesn't seem right, but I'll, I believe you. <laughs> That's according to the seven. just doesn't rule. feel right. <laughs> that was, I'm sure, very entertaining podcasting right there. Yeah, everyone's like, uh, can they move on? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so for me, this is actually something that I have moderately tried to design on my own just Whoa. because I thought it would be fun to try to do. Uh, so maybe it'll, it'll spur me to go back to it and, and give it another whirl, but, uh, you are familiar, sir, with the, um, Pathfinder adventure card game. Yes, I am. I think that they should take the Pathfinder adventure card game and that formula uh, and the way that they do things in that and make it into an uncharted game. Oh, that would be cool. Because then you can have, play as Drake and Sully or Elena or Chloe or whoever you want to. And then you go out on these adventures and you're going to these different places and you're trying to gather clues to figure out where you need to go to next. Um, and eventually you'll have to fight the big baddie to get this final thing. And then that always can definitely like lead to like, okay, then the next chapter, which would just be another going for another thing. So I think it actually, I know there is an Uncharted board game yeah. from back in the day. But I think reskinning Pathfinder as an Uncharted game uh would be i think really cool so, very cool i like that that's a good idea awesome anything else you want to talk about uh related to the pokemons no literally the only reason why i'm talking about pokemon is because of wingspan <laughs> <laughs> okay all right josh so my first uh topic this week comes from the good folks over at icv2 and talks about 2020 was a record year for magic and D for hasbro so Hasbro recently talked about, as many have recently, um, in the video game world, especially we're having a lot of earnings reports coming. Um, so again, this story coming from the folks at ICB2 and Milton Gripe says, quote, Magic the Gathering and Dungeons and Dragons had record sales years in 2020. Wizards of the Coast parent Hasbro announced with his quarterly and full year earnings report Monday. The record years for Watsi's flagship hobby brands were just part of Hasbro's big year in games. With the company's total game sales that year, uh, total game sales for the year at $1.76 billion, up 15% from $1.53 billion in 2019. Quarter four was even stronger with game sales at $561.2 million, up 27% from $442.1 million in quarter four 2019. So, Josh, Magic D&D going well for uh, Hasbro, surprising to you? 
No, I think we talked about how successful we thought last year was going to be for board game companies, just because everyone needed a board game all of a sudden. <laughs> yeah. Like, hey, and what do we know how to play? Monopoly. Like, I, I just picture the families whose parents, like, they played board games as kids, but they never brought that hobby into their family life because maybe they just didn't like it. But then I also think, like, their experience is probably, sorry, Clue, Life, and Monopoly. So in working at Toys R Us, like, those are the games that would fly off the shelf at Christmas time. It, you know, they would sell them for, you know, nine bucks. You know, you, you go to Toys R Us on a sale weekend and you can get, sorry, Monopoly in trouble for under 15 bucks, like, on a good sale week. And that's what people buy. Um, or like, uh, I'm trying to think of the the kids' games, like Mr. Bucket and like Shoots and Ladders and stuff like that. So I think it makes sense. Uh, they have a great – and like uh, looking at some of their games, like uh, Jenga is still a huge seller for people. Um, and I don't want to spoil anything if you're going to talk about what else is on here, but um, <laughs> they, have, they have like a great stable of classic – I guess what we would now call classic board games. So it makes sense. And I like that. I like and hate at the same time that these games are selling very well, because it also means that some of these people aren't expanding their horizons in the board game landscape, even with places like target having like these big board games now. Well, it could be that they maybe didn't have any board games at all to start with. That's true. That's very so true. This, so this could really be them getting into it. Uh, you know, it's too bad because they did say they lost some sales at the end of the year because there were inventory problems for things like Bop It Star Wars The Mandalorian, Josh. <laughs> Dang it, Bop It. Come on. So while overall, you know, or I should say while, uh, you know, D&D and um magic were really really good not all things were rosy for hasbro though josh so hasbro sales which now include its entertainment acquisition e1 did not keep pace with a toy or games category u.s toy sales were up 16 percent for the year and game sales were up 29 percent according to npd while hasbro's were down eight percent overall and up only 15 percent in games so it seems like josh that there's a couple big pillars really kind of keeping Hasbro afloat right now. And maybe those other areas aren't doing so well. Do you think this is problematic long-term or do you think this is more a sign of the times, which for me, I was like, oh, maybe it's just because it was a tough year, but if toy sales were up overall, that's got to be a little worrying for Hasbro, right? Yeah. I mean, I don't know all the toy brands they have, but yeah, uh, I think so. My experience now that, like, I have a son, so every time I go to Target, I go through every toy aisle, and, you know, I'm still nostalgia-driven, so there's certain things that stick out to me, um, but when I see, like, they released um, the Star Wars Black Series Mandalorian figure, and it was 35 bucks, and it sold out. You couldn't find him, and I was like, I should have bought it the one time I saw it, <laughs> or, like, I see the Transformers Ghostbusters tiny little transformer $60 and it comes like I see these things and, and McFarlane Toys is pumping out Ghostbusters and Ecto-1 and um, 
and uh, Witcher. They have a gold series coming out of the Witcher figures. Like these are all things I used to be huge into when I was younger, and now they're selling. I would say for double the price when I was buying them. Uh, you know, you walk in and you look at those DC figures. They're twenty bucks for the Batman ones each. Wow. Yeah. So it's not cheap. So, so maybe they just don't have, but they sell, I guess is what my point is. They're not cheap, but they're still selling and they're still sought after from what I can tell, at least from like watching people wait. Like I, like I said, I used to work for Toys R Us, so I know what a person waiting looks like for a box to come down. <laughs> I know what those people look like. Um, so I think maybe they just need a better um, like license catalog. But they also have Hasbro Pulse, right? So they have, they just they do the the new Power Rangers line. They do they do a bunch of stuff, I, and I only know yeah. this just because I follow them on Facebook, which I don't use that much. So I guess I don't know too much. I think they have the Star Wars line actually. Um, yeah, I, be, I mean they obviously do to some degree because they have Mandalorian things and all that good stuff. Yeah, they, and they did say that Star Wars sales were up seventy percent. That so. makes sense, right? Following Mandalorian, yeah, um, they have these the the like they're trying to bring back Power Rangers. Um, yeah, right on this front page is that that Transformer DeLorean. Um, yeah, so they have Transformers Marvel, which is crazy. Uh, Ghostbusters, Power Rangers, GI Joe. So I guess my my thought is that they di- is not right. So they have the brands, especially with Marvel too. So maybe the prices are just a little too high, because um, uh, that's the first thing I think of. I would probably have. Um, there's some of those those Power Rangers are nice, like the original Power Rangers from when I watched. They're doing a good job with the figures. Um, I think they're really cool and great for collectors. Um, but like Marvel Legends, X Men, Wolverine, twenty dollars. And these are the ones that they bundle like a piece of a bigger build. So you have to get all the pieces, the Spider-Verse figures, $20 each. So, you know, maybe maybe um, this like pseudo recession is affecting their sales. I think Star Wars will sell because it's popular right now. And, and when we get phase, I guess, what is it? Phase five of Marvel MCU, like. Marvel figures are probably surged too, but um, I, I also can't walk into a Target and not see um, a Marvel Legends Domino not in the clearance aisle. But it's twenty five dollars yeah. on their website. I can get it for eight dollars yeah. a Target. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Well, you know, it seems that a lot of gateway games are still being sold, which is great because hopefully that means that you know those folks will eventually come to you know discover the hobby board game area. I am a little surprised that overall Magic and D and D did so darn well, considering you know Magic is a game you have to sit down and play across from another person in D and D. Granted, you could do that a little easier over Zoom. Uh, just surprising that these are things you're supposed to get together for, and they had like their best sales ever. But you know. Hopefully they continue to do well um, because obviously people are loving them some magic and some D and D and hopefully you know Hasbro's games continue to do well. It's as, like as well. a mom, the mom or the dad, the magic player in the family is. A, they're like, we're stuck in the house with our kids, and I'm gonna make them learn magic. Yeah, so they go exactly. in and they they just buy. Like I can just picture kids opening presents on Christmas and it's just magic sets. Like, uh, mom, <laughs> uh, I don't want to play that. Uh. 
Cool. All right, Josh, what is your second topic this week? Okay. Speaking of the pandemic, I put I am a COVID world. <laughs> in, a, uh, in a COVID world, <laughs> board games and RPGs are going online. We've talked about it a little bit. So now we have a new offering for RPG, not ROG. So when I type on my phone, I think my, I don't know, hand-eye coordination is going. Uh, we have a new offering for RPG players. So what do we think about this? This is another, this is from Dicebreaker again. We have a, a new free online platform for playing RPGs that's coming out in autumn. Uh, it's called Let's Roll. Uh, R-O-L-E. Um, so via their website, Let's Roll is an online toolbox that enables players to create, run, and play their own tabletop RPG sessions online using a graphical interface. Um, they've been playtesting it for over 14 months now, and uh, it has a selection of different elements that players can use to simulate interactions between characters, combat encounters, and other story moments in a campaign or one-shot. Really, it reminds me of RPG Maker for consoles, um, but to the extent where you can now create your own um, tabletop RPG world for players. So something that I've always been jealous of it, that I don't think I have the talent for is the talent for people like um, my friend Joe, who's a, a DM or GM, however you want to like quantitate it. And that's not right. Uh, qualify it um, with the imagination and the time to put into building a campaign. And I also, I can also respect that a lot of that is done in their imagination. So maybe they don't want to physically put that down for people to see because it kind of removes the imagination a little bit. Uh, that being said, I think to me, not only that, it has um, a soundboard that has over 800 clips. You can also record and change the sound of your voice, which I think is really cool as battle maps and tools um, for drawing and measuring. So it has all these things I th I would imagine someone is imagining. I think it would be a great tool for someone to learn to be a great GM. And maybe more. Uh, maybe it's easier for people who have who want to be more active in the actual RPG itself and not have to do as much legwork. Uh, but I think it seems really cool. And it's also going to come with tools that help players and GMs find other interested people, which means you can actually now form online parties instead of just having to uh, try to find friends that you know. Uh, there is a Kickstarter campaign um, live until March 6th. Currently, it has 20 days to go. It is at $156,000 on a $9,000 goal. Nine six nine six, weird goal, uh, <laughs> but it's out there. And if you're interested in pledging, um, there's support packs. So because it is going to be free, so you get for seven bucks, you get an avatar frame exclusive to Kickstarter and a dice skin. Um, but basically, what they say is everything that you can buy in this is cosmetic. Uh, so you do have access to everything, but if you want to. I don't know, maybe at uh, forests or winter levels, I'm assuming that is all cosmetics. Uh, 27, sorry, 37 American dollars gets you 
Uh, early access to the alpha skins, a gigabyte of online storage, which is nice. Um, but you might want to upgrade it to the higher packs for more gigabytes. Uh, what do you think? You think this is the future? You think this is just for the present? Uh, where do you think this goes? And do you think it's uh, interesting? I think it's really interesting. And I do th- believe that this could be a way for people at a distance, you know, to be able to uh, get into playing tabletop RPGs together. Like you and I have always talked about, it'd be really cool to play games together. Like maybe this is a way that, you know, with a couple other people, we could actually play a tabletop RPG together. Um, And the 96, 96 goals, because it's 8,000 euros. Oh, okay. (laughs) (laughs) So the goal is 8,000 euros, which is 9,696 US dollars. 8,000 on the dot. Weird. Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, so I think it's really cool. And the fact that it is free to play, uh, you know, because as you've mentioned, there are other versions of things similar to this, right? There are other tabletop RPG um, online modules out there. Most of them do have a monthly fee or do cost something or have something else associated with them. Um, So putting this all together, just getting some cool, fun um, cosmetics as like a incentive to help encourage people to participate and, and support is awesome. Uh, you know, it, it does seem like it's going to be pretty bare bones as far as rules go, because uh, it sounds like it's going to have some quick stuff for D&D 5th edition. But other than that, it's really going to be up to people to import and like put in their own rules and all that good stuff, which I guess it's good, right? It gives you the flexibility to do that. Yeah, uh, it probably would be nice though if it just launched with some of the more popular um, rules kind of already built into the system other than just kind of... Um, being it left all up to you to do but you know that's okay that's some cool stuff that you know you could do on your own but also i feel like a lot of tabletop rpg people would dig doing that actually like that'd be something they'd (laughs) get into the minutia of building the world and creating the rules and all that good stuff so yeah i think it's cool it's uh really exciting and just another way for people to connect and hopefully it's something you know it's successful obviously the kickstarter has been but hopefully it continues to be even after the kickstarter is done yeah, they have a cool one, a play-by-text thing that was unlocked where you play using only text for the duration of an entire campaign or just between sessions. I think that's really cool. kind of adds like that old-school, like, Zork uh, type of feel to it as well. So, yeah, very successful Kickstarters for them, uh, considering the goal. So if you want to check it out, it's called Let's Roll at R-O-L-E on Kickstarter. Uh, it could be a lot of fun. Now, if only we could get our other friend to agree to use uh, Skype or any form of internet communication because he thinks the government is trying to get him. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we well, haven't been playing wrong, a Gloomhaven <laughs> with him. <laughs> awesome. Anything else about uh, online tabletop RPGs, Josh? Hey, I think it's really cool. Um, I really like where it's going and uh, it kind of shows what people can do when they have to think on their feet in a in a situation like where we're at. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Josh, it was a big, big week in video game news, just like last week was a big, big week. But rather than doing a rundown of a whole bunch of things, and there was a ton of things we could have talked about, I decided to focus on the one thing that made me the most excited. And that is the fact that Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart has a release date of June 11th. Uh, This is, you know, as we talked about earlier when we were talking about games we were anticipating for the year, this is my most anticipated game of the year. Uh, It is the game I am really looking forward to and hoping can really show and 
take advantage of the power of the PS5 since it is a straight PS5 exclusive, no PC, no PS4. Like this is all PS5. Um, so I'm really excited about this game. But Josh, I have two questions for you. Number one, is this game actually going to come out June 11th? And number two, you know, I I put on my work schedule <laughs> to maybe take this day off. Now I have other. I actually already have things scheduled for work that day. Yeah. Uh, but I'm hoping that potentially I could still take that day off. So Josh, how often have you rearranged your schedule, your personal <laughs> life, your work schedule, taken time off, called in sick maybe, um, to play some video games or some board games? Well, for question number one, <clears throat> I don't know. June 11th, far enough away that I think they're giving themselves enough time. But really what I think June 11th is, is a safe window for release. I think the game's probably ready to go. So I think it'll probably come out on June 11th. Okay. Why do you think it's ready to go? Uh, It just, this was one of those games that they were really, really focusing on for PS5. And to me, it just seems like, at least with Sony, that that's something that they would pay a lot of attention to. As far as like making sure it's ready to go and advertising it when it, you know, when they think it's good. I don't think that they planned on I They, my thought was probably the same thought of us was like launch window, which didn't happen. So um, I don't know. I just, I get this feeling. We saw a lot. We saw a lot without seeing a lot, if that makes sense. So I think that they don't want to show too much of the game. They showed what is important and they showed gameplay. Um, I think I think it's good to go. Uh, they also have good framework to work off of. I know they have to change um, with the Rift stuff, but uh, they have a good framework from the last Ratchet and Clank to work off of. So it's not like building a game from the ground up, although they definitely are adding things that they have to, you know. I don't want to say it's easy for them because it's not, but they have a framework. <laughs> That's yeah. where I'm gonna leave it. <laughs> no, I, 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 I do wonder how if this game would have come out earlier if Returnal hadn't been delayed. Yeah, maybe. I mean, I can see them just pushing the date, right? Because that's just right. what we see. Like, especially if they're working with Sony and they're like, "Hey, we want." Like, Sony is really good about not releasing a lot of console exclusive games at the same time. Yeah, giving you good like three months in between games this is a little closer but uh i don't know if that's by design or just coincidence or i'm just misremembering other releases but i really feel like there's always been a like a month or three between big sony releases yeah and you know because they did they showed last year that they would do that that when they delayed the last of us part two they then delayed ghost of tsushima even though ghost was ready to go they pushed it because just to ensure the gap between The Last of Us Part Two and Ghost. Yeah. So, you know, when Returnal got pushed back from March to the end of April, I'm wondering if this maybe pushed Ratchet from maybe end of April, May to mid-June. Yeah. Uh, as far as taking time off of work for games, um, sometimes it happens uh, coincidentally or um, on a whim. But the only time I've ever planned on taking time off for a game was for Mass Effect 2. That's the only time I can remember specifically saying, like, I'm taking time off to play this. I think so other other times it's like, because I don't know how much notice you have to give, but we only have to give 48 hours notice for a personal day. Okay. So sometimes, like, 
if like if we're talking in the discord and I'm getting excited about something um I might do that with having a kid I haven't done that in at least <laughs> the four years he's been alive so it's been at least that long um but I'm not opposed to it it's just not something that I've been able to invent board game releases never <laughs> yeah yeah I've taken days off to have like board game days uh just when I had friends who were able to like either they didn't work Fridays or whatever so I've taken days off to have board game days but not um for like the release of a board game uh, for video games. I've done it quite a bit. Actually, I've taken time off a lot for video games to play them. Uh, the last time I was going to do it was actually the last of us part two, but then the game got delayed. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> then I didn't end up taking off the summer because summers, because uh, the orientation is a little bit harder for me to take off actually, which seems odd. You'd think summer would be the easier time for me to take days off, but it's not, uh, which is why June 11th <laughs> is actually a challenge. Cause I have an orientation that day, but yeah, it's something I really enjoy doing um, because some people like taking vacation or time off from work because they're going somewhere. They're doing something like for me, it's a really, really good way to reset my, like rejuice, charge my batteries is take a day off of work, sit down, do something I really enjoy. Uh, and it really helps me come back. Um, and also when I'm really excited about something, you know, I, I might stay up a little late that night when it releases at 11 PM my time. So it's really hard to get up for work the next day sometimes. Uh, so that actually has been more often now, uh, back in the day, actually, I used to go to midnight releases all the time, uh, when they had them, but also when I was younger and it wasn't such a big deal, but yeah, I, I love taking time off work to play video games. I think it's great. Yeah. So. Josh, what is your third topic? Hey, God of War. Well, it's God of War. I was I was kind of going between a few different things. I was considering talking about Cyberpunk and everything that they were going have been going through, and some more even more recent news for Cyberpunk. Then I was thinking about covering casting in video game projects, where we have Gina Carano's arch nemesis. Pedro Pascal, who identifies himself as he, him, which he hates, uh, getting cast as Joel. And we have Lady Ramsey, Lady Bolton. Oof, that would be <laughs> confusing. Oh, <yeah. laughs> Lady Bolton getting cast as Ellie. We have Jack Black as Claptrap. And yeah, we do. we have a whole bunch of even more casting news for Borderlands. Um, but ultimately, I think it came down to God of War is perfect now. I didn't say it with a question mark. But I meant it. God of War is perfect now. Uh, so <laughs> Digital Foundry gets their hands on God of War again. So we have our patch that we've been talking about, not necessarily on the show, but in general, coming to PS5. We have our 60 frames God of War. Have you played this yet? I haven't. I haven't downloaded and patched, but I haven't played it yet. Okay. So I haven't downloaded. I haven't played it yet. Um what where this was your game of the year do you think when you eventually play this this is going to make the game better for you for this style of game i think so i think so too and that's what digital foundry agrees uh <laughs> in fact they think it is well uh it's a final flourish as they say uh 60 frames per second they said they played this game you actually um, put the actual quote in our Discord, um, where across one hour and 45 minutes of play, only just 33 frames are dropped from a total in excess of 378,000 frames. 
Um, and those are in the non-playable cutscenes. That being said, we're looking at a locked 60 frames per second God of War in 4K on the PlayStation 5. Is it weird to you that we're talking about a flawless game from a previous generation on a current generation console? <laughs> That's a good question. Because we're not talking about flawless PS5 games. There are lots of flaws in games like Valhalla and Watch Dogs. Oh, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I hear you there. I, I, there's a big difference. I, well, number one, theoretically, right, you're taking a quote unquote. I guess they're uh, PS4 games. <laughs> yeah, they are. I, those are yeah. yeah, those are. I guess they're PS4, PS4 games. <laughs> but you know, you're you're taking you know a P a couple year old PS4 game that and upresing and increasing frames and all that good stuff. Uh, so you know, quote unquote, theoretically, that should be easier to do, right? The game is older, so it should be easier to do. With that being said, it's also a first party game, right? Yes. So they, who knows how long they've been working on this <laughs> to try to get that <laughs> running at that lock sixty in four K. Yeah, and it is kind of weird to talk about a PS four game now being you know flawless on the PS five because when I played God of War. I don't know because of the single shot camera and the way the game is shot and framed and how combat is handled. I don't know at the time that I really cared that it wasn't in six. Like you could play it in sixty. Was it six? Could you in? Because they had two modes on Pro. Yeah, I don't remember what the other. Let me see if it has it on here. I don't remember what the other mode was, but I know I know what you're saying. Uh, there was four K and there was ten eighty P. Uh, targeting 30 and 60, okay. um, but they weren't hitting... Well, I mean, they weren't hitting 60 the way that this is hitting 60. Yeah. So, yeah, I. it is interesting because I am someone who was obviously, like, said, hey, I don't care a ton about backwards compatibility. Yeah. In theory, I, I don't, <laughs> but also right now there's not a ton of new stuff I want to play. We're all playing old games right now. We're everyone's playing old games right now for the like pretty much yeah like pretty much everyone's playing old games right now other than on switch i guess because there's a new mario game it's old which is mario i guess an old game, game. <laughs> <laughs> so we're all playing old games right now i guess uh so yeah i you know it, it is nice to have this to kind of fill in the gaps i am someone though who even if this didn't exist it's like i always have overwatch i always have call of duty it's not like i don't have things i could be playing right. anyway you know so this is one of those icing on the cake situations where I think the cake was pretty good. Uh, this just makes the cake a little bit better. Um, so I, I don't know that it was necessary, but I, I'm glad it exists. And I'm looking forward to playing it again because I've been thinking about replaying God of War for quite some time. Um, but I decided to start with Control instead. Um, so once I'm done with Control, my plan is to go on to God of War and play that again. So yeah, yeah, I, I think it's exciting. I do really wonder, and they mentioned this in the article too, uh, Where's this Last of Us two part patch? I know, right? <laughs> well, I agree. Like I agree with you, and I think when we talk about God of War, uh, this was before we knew Ghost of Tsushima. I think it was like it seemed like a flawless game already on the PS4. We didn't have any complaints. We were playing on PS4 Pros, but um, I th we both highly regarded that game. So I'm very excited, and I also have been thinking about revisiting God of War since I finished it, 
um, once New Game Plus came out, I, I, I got into it for a minute, but something else was out at the time, so I didn't even really get into it. And now that my save data is gone, I know I can just start all over again. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I'm I'm really looking forward to trying it again. And the fact that I know this is the experience that I'm going to get uh, really makes me happy that we have um, this, this uh, <laughs> I have to defend Xbox a little bit. This thing that everyone said nobody wants, <laughs> backwards compatibility on PlayStation. <laughs> I know it, it happened, <laughs> at least in our Discord. I'm not saying the world, but it was a very popular thing. Why, like, we don't need backwards compatibility? And I wouldn't have played Horizon Zero Dawn three times if I didn't have backwards compatibility. <laughs> like, did you pay, play it again on PS5? No, but I played it on PS4 Pro, which was oh, using the. Well, you know what I mean? Like, I played it on PS4. Yeah. But that's all like PS4 I know. to the PS. That's like know. a half a new console. <laughs> <laughs> that's like it is like half a new console. Well, like a quarter of a new yeah. console. Uh, and I, and I don't disagree. I'm someone who had always said that backwards compatibility is not super important, but it's nice. Yeah. You know, and and I think that's exactly what this is. This is nice. It's really it's nice to have this now. Would I have been like, oh, my PS5 is trash if this didn't exist? No. <laughs> no. Of course uh, not. But, you know, the fact that they put some time in it and made this happen, I think, is is a nice thing. Um, and I am looking forward to playing it. Mostly because uh, I wonder what this will mean for the next one. Yeah. Yeah. And, Maybe they're and I close. Think this will be, yeah. Also. <laughs> Theoretically. There's no way that game I know. <laughs> I know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I wanted to throw but, one quick anecdote in the last topic because I didn't want to make it a topic. But I thought it'd be okay. I thought you would be interested to know that this happened and how I was completely flabbergasted and, and uh about how what happened. So I backed K- Cascadia on Kickstarter, which is by the people who made Calico, breakout games, I think. Uh and then my pledge manager came from GameFound. Isn't that weird? And now they're selling the game on GameFound. And you can get in on the Kickstarter through GameFound. So now I'm like, well, why did I back it? And now you're letting people in. So they're like, well, it won't be the early backer. It won't be the early backer fee. Like they'll they'll be paying more. So then, like, I get that like Kickstarter elitism where I'm like, why should they get to get this game the same time (laughs) as I do? Um, Yeah. But I thought it was very interesting that I actually paid GameFound my shipping. That is interesting. I didn't even know you could do that. But maybe we'll see more of this. Who knows? Um, <laughs> but I will say this. Now that I have experience using GameFound and their post-crowdfunding uh, like system, it's just as confusing as Kickstarter. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> so it's, Good to know. It's not, it's not like they're building it up to me. <laughs> Perfect. Well, hey, maybe someday, maybe someday it'll be clear and understandable. Uh, I did see though that you got your copy of the whatnot cabinet, right? I did. I didn't even open it yet. Yeah, I got my copy of it as well. Uh, I also got my copy copy of Sleeping Gods. Nice. So I'm super excited for both of those. Um, and then I backed Darwin's Journey. You did. Nice. Yeah, and I also backed Carnegie Deluxe Edition. Oh. So did you back Castles? I did not. Oh. It, just, it ended up. I just. Okay. I still have the basic game, and I haven't played it enough to I think justify the fancier version of it. And with the pri- if it hadn't been quite so expensive, I might have. But like, I, 
I just since I have the base game and haven't played it in two three years, like I, I didn't know if I could justify it. Nice. Can you see right here in preparation for our guests next week? Control. Yeah, I got it for twelve bucks at Target. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's a good deal. Half off. I was like, yeah, we'll I'll get this. Maybe I'll talk about it next <laughs> week. <laughs> awesome. Cool. All right, Josh. Well, my third topic is two weeks ago, we assigned each other some homework. Yeah, we did. Two weeks ago. It doesn't feel like two weeks ago. <laughs> I know it doesn't feel like two weeks ago. I, I agree 100%. There was something... Oh, man. What was I talking to my partner about? There was something we were chatting about, and I had said, oh, I have to do this other thing, and she, I don't even remember what it was, and I was like, no, that was over two weeks ago, and she's like, "Where?" what that was over i'm like yeah that was yeah, over two weeks ago insane. that we did that thing like so yeah it, oh my gosh time has flown so josh over two weeks ago we assigned each other some homework now the homework i gave you yeah was number one you had to finish the medium <laughs> which someone may have been cramming for right before this Maybe. podcast and number two uh you had to finish um xenoblade chronicles thank you Zeno. i was gonna say xenosaga it's a little older game i know and i called I, it uh i called it Xeno gear or when I was talking oh, to someone Gears, else about yeah. it. <laughs> well, hey, you know, all in the same family then. We're in the Xeno family, so that's fine. So, Josh, take me through your homework. How did things go? Oof. Okay, well, let me take you through my homework. Um, the medium is it's tougher for me to play because I don't have – that's home, living room, console, television time. And I don't have a lot of time right now to do that. I work nights. I have my son during the day. I can't play the medium with my son in the room. <laughs> I don't understand why I can't not, play. Josh. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so my time is limited to Saturdays, which is the only day I see my wife, as it's our only day off together. And Sunday, I'm with him, my son all day. So I can only play at night. I record our this podcast typically Sunday nights. So my only free night is n- no free night. So it's harder to just squeeze that in, right? So I did get some time in with the medium. Um, I, <laughs> we are recording on a Saturday. So if we were recording on Valentine's day, uh, which you can blame my wife for that, that we're not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> I, I probably would have finished it. Um, but I played it tonight. I asked, uh, I pushed it back like 10 minutes thinking for some reason, 10 minutes was going to help me. Um, but I'm right at the end. In fact, I will finish the medium tonight because it's still paused in my living room. With the TV off, because <laughs> um, I know I'm I'm right at the end. I can tell. So the medium will be finished. Um, we'll say pretend you're my teacher, and I called out sick tomorrow, and I'm just going to turn it in on, on Monday. Monday. <laughs> okay, okay. Uh, it will be finished tonight, and I, I'm really I'm really enjoying it. Well, I wouldn't say I'm really enjoying it. I'm enjoying it. Um, the story is dark and I'm, but I'm just I'm still trying to to wrap my brain around why it needs to be told. Uh I don't like I feel like it's just dark to be dark. And maybe that will maybe I'll get a resolution when the game concludes but I don't know that uh it kind of takes you on a very slow journey to then all of a sudden like download all this information onto you and gives you I don't know. And it weaves you through all these tunnels near the end. So it seems. But I'll reserve my judgment. That being said, I also finished Xenoblade Chronicles today at at 7 p.m. <laughs> um, I could not beat the boss for the life of me. 
The boss is in- incredibly difficult. It's been a long time since I played a traditional JRPG. So it, that may, and it's not traditional, actually. The combat is takes it out of traditional, but JRPG in general. Um, I spent hours on the boss fight. I almost actually gave up. I felt defeated uh, metaphorically and literally. Uh, I didn't know if I was underleveled or if I was using the wrong party members or what. But the final boss has three separate forms as you're fighting him. <laughs> and it's difficult. Uh, that being said, I finished, I completed Xenoblade Chronicles. It unlocks New Game Plus. I was sitting next to my wife and I was like, oh, hell no, I'm not doing New Game Plus. <laughs> and then, of course, I get back to the main menu and then on the bottom it says, like, um, extra story. Like, what is extra story? So I click on it, it's more game. <laughs> I'm like, I, I don't know. I can't do it right now. <laughs> um, it was a lot of fun. I really enjoyed the game. It was my first time back into a, like a JRPG in forever, like traditional. I keep saying that. I don't know why. Because um, I don't consider like Final Fantasy VII Remake to, to be like, it's more modern. Uh, the game is like fully voice acted which I really uh, appreciate. Uh, it, it definitely is JRPG and is super cheesy at some points. It's also JRPG when my wife says, they're still talking. <laughs> I was like, yep. And this is one of the shorter times. It's like a, it's almost, almost like a Kojima, like Metal Gear Solid. I was going like, to say, it's Metal Gear Solid. Uh, <laughs> there's been points when I've been playing it, I just put the Switch down and watch it like I'm watching a movie. Uh, some of the things that annoyed me, I would say, is they do this thing where they make you travel a great distance on foot to do one thing and then travel that same great distance back just to get back to where you started from. That really bugs me because even at some points there weren't um, monster fights in between. It was just the sheer travel, which is just filler, which I don't appreciate because uh, it's not respecting my time. Especially with a game that's that's this long. Um, I would say that's probably my only real criticism. Uh, generally, like, and Lost Odyssey came up in our Discord. There's only been a few RPGs I've finished on my own. And this adds to the list that's probably only a handful big. Like, uh, I really enjoyed it. I can't wait to play Xenoblade Chronicles 2, but I'm going to wait a little bit. Because I, I'm assuming um, I don't. And to tell you about the story, would I ac- even accidentally spoiled stuff in the Flux to Pose Discord? Even though the game is considerably old, uh, I did uh, accidentally spoil something, uh, which is a bummer. I hate when that happens to me. So I certainly hate when I do that to other people. So I don't want to spoil the story, but it's about it's a story about creation and. Uh, what comes with that and and gods. So it's pretty gotcha. cool. Uh, I really enjoyed it. So how many, do you know how many hours you put into it? 40. Oh, that's not too bad. No, actually, I think I came in, I didn't uh, do a lot of the side quests. Okay. I kind of just did what was in my path because I kind of gotcha. just wanted to get through it. Yeah. No, I understand that. I understand that. Uh, if you had to recommend either the medium or Xenoblade Chronicles to someone, which one would you Ooh. recommend? 
that's a good question. Because they're so different. They are so different. I enjoyed. I, know. I really enjoyed Xenoblade Chronicles way more, but if you're not into RPGs, I, I couldn't recommend it to you. Um, but the medium is also a very... If you're not into, I would say, mediocre puzzles, they're not very difficult. Um, revisiting and exploring, that's like the medium. Uh, it's not Silent Hill like I thought, which is fine. It has its own story to tell. If I had to pick one to recommend, I would recommend Xenoblade. But if you're not an RPG fan, then right, don't listen to me. <laughs> okay, well, because you actually finished Xenoblade, I'm still going to give you an A for your homework. Oh, man. You're a, you're a good teacher. <laughs> well, because, hey... You Are you al- trying to butter me almost- up for your homework? No, no, no. You almost finished the you almost finished the medium, which I in I think a lot of ways was the easy, right? Like that would have been the easy that route been to easier, do yeah. the medium. But you're like, no, I'm gonna take the hard challenging Yeah, I have to finish six chapters between <laughs> I know, that's <laughs> what I'm saying. That's why you're getting an A because I didn't realize the gravity, like when I assigned you that homework, we both thought you were in the last yeah, chapter. I didn't realize it either. And it ended up being six chapters you had to do, but you didn't complain, you didn't make excuses, you just went for it. And as a result you get an A for your homework. Nice job, Josh. Thank you. I appreciate that. I'm going to put that in my journal. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, so my homework, uh, I had two things you gave me. Number one, I had to um, get to the point where I could play multiplayer in Godfall. Yeah. And I and I had to hook back up my Xbox, and I had to play at least an hour of Forza Horizon 4. Those are the things I asked you to do, yes. Those were the things you asked <laughs> me to do. So we'll start with Godfall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I got to the point where I can play multiplayer in Godfall, Josh. Nice. Uh, what is your thought on Godfall? So here's what I will say. When I started it, I was thinking, wow, combat in this game feels real poopy. I'm not liking this at all. Uh, it felt slow and heavy. And really, I mm, I was swinging at people and everything was just out of where like my swipe range of my sword I just felt like I couldn't get it down about how this game was supposed to go and feel. I'm not a person who thinks that every game needs to have a jump button. God of War doesn't have a jump button, the 2018 one. But I was trying to jump all the time in this game, and you can't. <laughs> yes. Um, <laughs> other than when you get to these little places, everything is really gold and bright. Yep. Like, if, and I was just like, it kind of, I don't want to say washed out, but just very, and then there's like this voiceover and the and the voice acting, which isn't bad, but it's very stereotypical. Yeah. Uh, and then I was playing for about 40 minutes. I was like, you know, this is actually kind of fun. It feels good, right? <laughs> it does. Yeah. And it's not, it very much is a launch game. Like it feels like a launch game, but yeah. there's just something about games like that. I think. Rise Son of Rome was a game. I was gonna that, say it reminds you know, me of Rise. <laughs> yeah, which didn't review well, but when I played it, I was like, "This guy, I'm having a lot of fun playing this game," and I really feel that way about Godfall. Uh, the story, like, okay, I, yep, story of Vengeance, cool. <laughs> yeah. Like, we've done that, we've all done that. Uh, I do the number of, um, oh, what are the different armors called? Uh, <laughs> I know this is not a good day for me. Godfall uh, armors. <laughs> there, I wanted uh, valor plates. Thank you. The number of valor, like the fact that there's twelve different valor plates, is exciting and it makes it interesting to go out and 
try to get all these different things. The fact that there's a ton of different weapons and they play differently. There's a um, it kind of interesting way that you upgrade your powers is that once you pick one, like it was, it's a square with a whole bunch of dots in it. And I just thought that I'd be able to pick all of them, not realizing that once you pick one, it unlocks the two like angle yeah. from that yeah. out. I was like, Oh, that's not the way I expected <laughs> that to go. Like there's a lot of kind of neat things that are kind of built into it. I'm excited to continue playing it and I'm looking forward to playing it with you to try it, yeah. you know, and see where it goes. But I will say I was pleasantly surprised by Godfall. I'm not going to say it is a game of the year contender or that it's going to be the best game you've ever played by any means, but I was pleasantly surprised by my time with it. So Godfall overall, uh, yeah, not too bad. I, I enjoyed my time ready to go. I did not jump into the next because once you get to the point where you yeah. kind of can travel that's when you can start building your parties. I didn't go any further than that. I just got to that point. So I didn't do any extra credit per se. Um, just got to the point where I can play multiplayer. <laughs> okay. I then, well, not then. I actually do things out of order, kind <laughs> of. I did hook up my Xbox. Yeah. I downloaded Forza Horizon 4. Uh-huh. I started Forza Horizon 4, Josh. <laughs> and when you're going through the little tutorial, I was like, oh, this is kind of cool. Like, this is going pretty well. And then it puts you into winter. Oh no! You get the start of winter. This is going real bad. <laughs> this is not going well at all. Uh, so I I played for a little over an hour. Um, so hey, I, I hey, yeah, a I plus for, for your homework. Got, Good job. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> um, I got to the point where in game it's autumn. Oh, that's good because winter is no no contest the worst season in Forza yeah, Horizon. No, like, <laughs> yeah, obviously at the beginning they have that little thing where it cycles you through the four seasons. Yeah. Um, and then they have kind of like most of the tutorials like right away and then you get enough points to get to autumn. <sighs> Josh, I am bad at this game. I am so <laughs> bad at this game. Yeah. I am so bad in fact that after about my third or fourth race the game was like, hey, you haven't won? How about we make the drive with ours easier? Lower the difficulty. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, well, I yeah. guess so. And guess what, Josh? I still didn't win. <laughs> you now, should I will say I played I played one race. I did my first race in autumn, and I did win that race. But I won no race prior to that. In fact, Josh, I finished out of twelve, like tenth, eighth, and ninth in like my first three races. Okay. All right. That's Josh, that's bad. It's not good. <laughs> I am I'm not disagreeing so bad with you. At driving games, Josh. I'm horrible at them. Did you try the Lego stuff at all? Because we own the Lego no. DLC. I saw it on the map. I saw it out okay. there. I didn't try it. Uh, the game looks really pretty. I will say that uh, I appreciate people are excited about Playground making Fable. Yeah. I didn't really think that the people looked very good. <laughs> yeah, but if they don't have to focus on the cars, I think true. they, very, might, very they true. might do a better that job. Is 100, <laughs> that is a completely valid point. But in my mind, I'm like, oh, these guys are gonna these, these folks are gonna make an open world RPG. Yeah. They're gonna make a fable game. These people don't look very good though. <laughs> um, but you're like you said, the cars look great, like the environments look amazing, like all of that looks really, really good. Yeah. Um the other struggle that I have with the, with this kind of game is I'm really stupid in general when it comes to cars. So when it's like, hey, upgrade stuff, I'm like, I have no idea yeah. what to even remotely do. So I just did the auto upgrade. And I'm like, I don't know if that, I assume that made my car better, but I don't actually know like how it made my car better. Like it just it was like, it's going to cost you this much to do this. I'm like, great, let's do it. I My car was lighter. The braking was, this is what always is weird to me. It's like, oh, you have better braking and handling, but I'm like, I feel like it's worse. <laughs> like I have I a, know. yeah, I, I have never upgraded my cars, period. Oh, really? Ever. I don't, I just never did. I don't do it. Um. Because I don't know either, but I've just never put any money into it. I just 
If I have a car, that's the car. Stock. Per- oh, maybe <laughs> I should just do that. So long is short to say, I will I don't I don't know how much I will continue to play it. That's okay. But you did your homework. That's good. I did do my homework. <laughs> but I will say, Josh, I didn't like after I was done playing, I didn't delete it. Nice. I left it there. I was like, oh, because they're like, oh, they're like, there's this cross country one to do, like demo, like initial, like they want you to test. I was like, well, that might be fun. Like it's not going to be like really tight and turny, like all the initial races really are. Yeah. Um, the one where you're like the stunt driver and doing the big jump, like that was fun. Like that was cool. So yeah, I don't know. I it's one of those things that I respect the game and what the game's trying to do. I just suck at driving so bad. <laughs> I hear and you. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm so bad at driving games. They they just do not click for me. That's okay. They, we can't all be fans of every type of game. But I knew, I knew this. But I also mm-hmm. wanted you. I've wanted you to experience this forever. This was my game of the year like three years ago. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's what we do. I'm glad you played it. I'm glad you. Yep. I'm glad you played it. I'm glad you relatively enjoyed it for uh, your comfort level with racing games. So I'm glad you yeah. played it. Awesome. Well, all right, Josh. You know, I'm not going to lie. I really enjoyed the homework. I thought it was fun. <laughs> yeah. Do you want to assign this homework to do in two weeks again? Yeah, why not? We should replace prediction time with homework time. <laughs> with homework time? Well, and that's kind of the thought of like, we can, that can be like our check in with yeah. how that is going. Um, but, you know, depending on what we do for homework, it might necessitate a topic like this because, like, you finished a couple games. You yeah. Know? So you probably want to talk about those a little bit. Uh, okay, Josh, do you want. Do you want to assign the homework to me first, or do you want me to assign to you? I believe you assigned to me first last time, right? Uh, I don't recall, but I'm okay with you starting. Okay. Well, I will assign to you. Josh, I have two assignments for you. Okay. And one of them, Josh, is going to be board game related. Ooh, I like that. Number one, your board game assignment, Josh. You have to play Unbroken. Oh, no. <laughs> okay. It's right. <laughs> up, I can see it. Yeah. It's right up here. And I know, like, playing games has been hard, but I figure it is a solo game, Josh. <laughs> so it's on you. Yeah. You don't okay. have to convince your wife. It's just you. How do you go to bed? I'm going to stay up for a couple of hours <laughs> and play a solo game. <laughs> you can bring it to work and play it during lunch, baby. Yeah, I don't yeah. know if that's a thing you could do. Get some side so that's, dances. <laughs> does that sound... And I, we want to make sure our homework assignments are reasonable. Does that sound reasonable? It's you? reasonable. I'll, I'll give it okay. my best shot. Okay, awesome. Here's my second homework assignment. And I don't know. I believe you have not played this yet. Have you played Monster Train? No, but I've seen it on Game Pass. That is your assignment, Josh. Monster play, Train. I will say an hour. Since you gave me an hour to play uh, for these games, you have to play at least one hour of Monster Train. Okay, let me install it right now. Because I can do it on PC. Yes, you can. How is it not in recently added games? They they must add so many games so quickly. Install Monster Train. Okay, it's installing. All right. So there you go. I think both reasonable requests, I hope. I think so, yeah. That seems fair. Awesome. All right, Josh. Then what are your assignments for me? Okay. First assignment is we need to play Godfall multiplayer within two weeks. I'm on days all this coming week. Okay. So it should be easier to plan that <laughs> okay. uh and i believe the following week it's almost like a, giving yourself a, a, i'm giving myself a third like, homework assignment <laughs> yeah you are yes i need to get godfall off of my bucket list bucket my weird video game bucket list it's not a bucket list okay 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 
shoot. There was, I had thought of it and I already forgot it. There's a board game that you have, that I have, that I wanted us to talk about. And I can't remember what it was. So. Is it a recent game? I, I <laughs> yes. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, okay. 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 Second homework assignment. It has to be attainable and not crazy. Uh, let's see. Let's see. Let's see. Shoot. Kyle, I should have thought of this ahead of time. This was, I mean, it was in the show notes it, that I sent you like a day ago. So <laughs> It was in the show notes. Uh, did you get Whatnot Cabinet? I did get the Play Whatnot Cabinet. Whatnot Cabinet. I'm giving myself four homework assignments, and I'm giving you two. <laughs> I would like us to both be able to talk about Whatnot Cabinet. I did technically play it, but it was in you have. the earliest forms of the game. Um, I can already tell by the box it has changed a good amount. <laughs> okay. So, yeah, play the Whatnot Cabinet so we can talk about it. Not this coming week because we but have a guest after. the week after. Yep. All right. So Josh is going to play Unbroken and Monster Train, and then Josh is also going to play Godfall <laughs> and Whatnot Cabinet with me. Okay. Well, I feel like I kind of came out the winner in this, but that, that works. The what? I came out the winner because you have like four homework assignments. Oh, you definitely came. Well, I mean, we're both winners. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> we both got A's this week, so it's great. Yeah. All right, Josh. Uh, prediction time. What is going to be announced or news is going to break between the time we're recording this on Saturday night and when this podcast posts on Tuesday? Ah, uh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. Well, we didn't get the Nintendo Direct I thought we'd get for we did not. Mario. So I don't think we're going to get a Nintendo Direct now. I think, ugh, it's so like generic to predict a PS state of play. I don't want to necessarily predict that. Well, since they announced a release date for Ratchet and Clank, I don't know if they're going to now. Yeah, they might. Like, I think it might be a little bit later. I think we we're due for a major delay. I'm just going to ha- go generic. Okay. Major, a major delay, delay is going to happen. Um, from someone okay uh uh microsoft is gonna buy techland that's mine oh shoot yeah i've been watching that (laughs) (laughs) that's my prediction (laughs) all right josh we do have a listener question this week you want to take us through it yes splig a super listener splig at dopealicious chimes in he's in uh, he says uh y'all checked out the root martyr expansion question mark looks awesome hope it comes to the app in a reasonable time Kyle, this is, I have to direct it to you because I don't own the physical board game. So it's going to Kickstarter this month, right? I believe so, yes. I think that's what it is. I have not looked at it actually yet. I saw in my Kickstarter update, a leader games email, something like that, that I got indicating that it was coming soon. um, Or that I was going to release in February. So I will definitely check it out when it hits Kickstarter. Um, but I've not checked it out yet. I know that Schplake obviously loves the game from the app form. Uh, I really love playing the game, uh, you know. But I, um, I don't know if I'm going to get this expansion only because I haven't had a chance to play this game with any other than in any situation other than two people. Uh, so I might get it, uh, hopeful for the future. But it's always so hard with Root, especially because 
since all the roles are so different, it's so darn hard to teach it to people because I haven't played all the roles even. Yeah. And I have the other two expansions. Uh, so <laughs> I have a lot of root content that I haven't played yet. Uh, so I'll check it out. Don't know if I'll pick it up, though, but I'm definitely interested because, man, whew, Leader makes good games. Goodness gracious. Yeah. All right. Well, with that, then, everyone, obviously, if you ever want to be part of the show, please let us know, uh, you know, at Board of Fiji on Twitter, Board of Fiji at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from you. We'd love to include you. It's great. So that, obviously, we're a gaming podcast, but we do want to leave you with our recommendation for a well-rounded life, something else we're currently into that is helping us live that balanced lifestyle. Josh, what is your recommendation this week? So my recommendation is for true true crime crime enthusiasts. Uh, It's definitely not a fun (laughs) thing, but uh, it is on Netflix. It's called Crime Scene, The Vanishing at the Cecil Hotel. It's about... uh, um, Elisa Lamb, if you remember, there was a big thing on the internet about the hele- the elevator thing. Um, the, it it kind of really goes into that story, but plus the history of the Cecil Hotel, which I find very interesting. It's definitely worth a watch if you're into true crime. Uh, check it out, Kyle. Awesome. Uh, I That's on my list to watch. I just haven't watched it yet. Uh, my recommendation is actually an old movie, but it's on Disney Plus, and I watched it for the first time because I'd never seen it before, and it's actually really, really good. And that movie is Hidden Figures. Uh, if I don't know, Josh, have you ever seen this movie? I I haven't seen it. I know I know what it is, but I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, um, and I think it you know it was pretty popular. It was pretty well known uh, when it came out a couple of years ago. Uh, but I highly recommend you check it out, even if it's you know from a topical perspective, not something you feel like you'd be interested in. It's really well written. Uh, the acting is exceptional. It is just a really cool and different and unique look uh, at an important time in U.S. history from a lot of different perspectives. So uh, if you have Disney Plus and are looking for something to watch, I think it's an easy recommendation. It is a one of those dramas that you sit down to watch it, and all of a sudden you're like, "Holy crud! That movie was over!" And it's been a couple hours. Like I didn't even, like where did the time go? Uh, it is very engaging. Like I said, well written, well acted. So definitely recommend checking out Hidden Figures on Disney+. Plus. Josh, what do you say we wrap this show up? Thanks for joining us, everyone. In addition to finding us on Twitter and Instagram at Board of the Fiji, you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash Board of the Fiji. So feel free to give us a five-star rating over there. Also, if you want to communicate in the more long form or you're just not feeling social media, please feel free to email us at boardofthefiji at gmail.com. We tag our stuff with hashtag board with Fiji. So please use that hashtag as well on all of your social medias. And whatever podcast service you're listening to us on, we encourage you to give us a stellar rating. That is, whether you're downloading us from the PSVG feed, the Dice Tower Network feed, or our very own standalone board with video games feed. You can find me on Xbox Live, PlayStation Network, Steam, Twitch. And why so serious? S-I-R-R-I-U-S. Kyle, where can people find you? So you can find me on all the usual places. Twitter, Instagram, PlayStation Network, Xbox Live, Board Game Geek, all at Psychocross, C-Y-C-O-C-R-O-S-S. Uh, Josh, just so you know, I've decided I'm going to add, I'm going to play Monster Train. I'm adding that to my list. I haven't even played it. Don't feel like so you I'm... need to do that. <laughs> no, I wanted to play it, but it'll be I fun. I thought you were so like, Josh, I decided I'm adding a fifth homework assignment for you. <laughs> no, I'm adding a homework assignment for myself just to balance things out a little bit. But as always, if you have suggestions for future topics, please reach out to us on the social media because we want to talk about what you want to hear about. And remember, everyone, whether it be board games or video games, never stop gaming.